0: Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international
1: speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. It is so great to be here with you today. As always, I am excited for my guest And I just came off of three hours of hosting and co-hosting Rhett Palmer's show. So I've got lots of energy going on right now. And I just want to dive right in because my guest today is somebody I've known for a long time now on social media. And we have many mutual friends, but we've actually never met in person. And she was supposed to come into the studio today and circumstances prohibited that from happening. So she is going to be calling into the show, but... I love this woman. I love what she stands for. I love her energy. So please welcome to the show, the speaking goddess, Amanda Rose Igo. How are
0: you? I'm Laura. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for that wonderful introduction.
1: You know, it's so cool to have you here because, you know, I speak for a living, not just on the radio, but keynote speaking, transformational speaking, all those kind of things. And, you know, they say that one of the biggest fears people have in the world is public speaking. And I go, huh? I just don't get that. <laughs> I, I feel like I open up even more. My heart opens even more. I get, I feel happier when I'm in front of a room full of people and I get to talk and share and ask questions and learn about them. So why do you think it is that so many people fear it?
0: Well, it has a lot to do with the unknown. Now for many people, you know, we're not trained, and this is the case for me when I had to start speaking. I wasn't trained, and many people aren't trained, so we're asked to kind of like stand in front of an audience and shine. But we don't have the tools to back it up, so we don't know what we're doing. So our mind tends to be like, oh my gosh, am I going to stumble over my words? Am I saying the right thing? What will people think of me? Will they understand my message? And will I, will I become so nervous that I stop in the middle and freak out? So all these these negative thoughts are running through their head because they just haven't had the skill sets. So they're not taught how to create the content in a presentation. They're not taught how to interact with the audience. They're not even taught how to kind of relax their own energy and calm their breathing or their heart racing. So they, individuals like that, they stand in front of a room and everything gets amplified so if they were nervous before the nervousness and anxiety increases the heart races more and then what happens the things that they feared the most often show up they're afraid that they're going to bumble over their words and then they end up doing that they're afraid they're going to forget something and then they end up doing that and in their mind they're going i'm never going to do this again ever this was my worst nightmare and i will avoid it like the plague And that's the reality for a lot of people. I mean, I meet so many people that say, I'm not going to speak. I have no desire to, no thank you, not going to do it. Because their fear is overriding them. Their fear is making them go, it's just too big of a task. I can't do it. When reality is, as we know, that we can overcome anything. But at the moment, their fear is just stronger than what their belief systems are able to hold.
1: Well, how do you switch somebody's? thinking that fear how do you help them let that go so that they can actually because to me public speaking is about sharing a story how do you help is, them unlock it that? is
0: about sharing a story it is for people that are business owners and entrepreneurs they want to inc- include their story but they also want to include content that helps the audience get value you know tips and, and takeaways that an audience can have and so for me in my work I'm going to say I'll be uh, totally upfront. is that many people that are really scared to death of speaking won't even work with someone like myself because the fear is so big to them that they can't even imagine doing it. So they never come across someone like myself because they wouldn't even search the Internet or look for me. But if somebody's a little bit open or they have to do it for their career, like they, they're being thrown into this, The ways that we overcome it, or there's a few ways, is one, teaching them what they need to do, because often, as I mentioned before, it's the unknown, not knowing what they need to do that's impacting them. And then the other aspect of it is helping them look at where this past belief came from. For example, as a kid, for myself, I tried out for a grammar school play, and the entire class laughed at me, the entire class. So there was no reason that I should ever be doing what I'm doing for a living, none whatsoever. And so here I am, you know, I had to overcome those same kind of fears and anxiety to do what I needed to do. But I first started learning what to do so that I didn't make a fool out of myself.
1: So that's how your career as the speaking goddess, I mean, you really do heart-centered speaking for impact, uh, right, it's income. really it's about
0: emotional connection. I think that, that that whenever you're presenting, if you can emotionally connect with people, they will ultimately really get what you're saying. You know, because it comes from a place of rather than talking at somebody, but we're talking with an audience. And so, since we're on the topic, I'll kind of I'm going to share a little bit of a backstory for a moment to kind of. Let people know, you know, I mentioned before that, you know, I had grammar school class laugh at me. I had that twice in grammar school. Once when I was in talent show, once when I tried out for a play, where my entire class laughed at me. So there should be no reason I'm here. But sometimes, and I'm sure you, you know this, Laura, is that fate puts us in places that we don't expect coming. So I was working as a social worker, and I wanted a change. I felt a little burnt out. So I took a job with a nonprofit organization as a fundraiser. Well, they forgot to tell me something. They forgot to tell me that I would literally have to stand in front of hundreds of people and present. <laughs> now, I already accepted the position. I already started the job. And now they throw me this big curveball and say, here, you have to speak. And I'm like, what? I have to do, I have to do what? Oh, no. you got to be kidding. Because <laughs> this was my worst nightmare. And so it became where I could either quit the job, but I'm rather resilient and I'm rather – kind of not going to let something, a fear overtake me. So I started to learn as much as I could about the art of speaking. And from there, I totally fell in love with it. I went from scared to death, didn't like it, handshaking so much, so bad I had to sit on them, to actually loving it. So I really am <laughs> a speaking transformation, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I would I would imagine it would. Um, I had a similar situation to you when I was in sixth grade. I got mm-hmm. convinced to take the lead in a school play, and I had sworn I wasn't going to do them anymore. It was a year after my brother died. And I, I decided to do it because nobody else could memorize all the lines, is, yeah. is what it was. And for the first time ever, instead of memorizing all the lines because I doubted myself, and it was Aes- Aesop's Fallibles, right? So I'm in a box, and I'm the jack-in-the-box that narrates it, and I plastered the script all around the inside of the box because nobody could see it. And because I didn't trust myself, I ended up messing up. And mm. I I started saying something when it wasn't supposed to be happen. And then the worst of it all is I could hide back in the box, right? And that trauma stayed with me for the longest time. It just fed my feeling that I shouldn't have done this. And then over time, I realized, but I'm really good at connecting with people and... I enjoy it, and I feel that it's a gift that's been given to me that I need to share, but I still question because of that incident that happened, because I'm afraid to be embarrassed. And then I fell on stage one day when I was presenting a keynote, yeah. and all of a sudden I'm down there and I'm falling on the floor and I just started laughing because mm-hmm. it was so absurd. And I'm like, well, what's the, thank God I was wearing slacks and it wasn't a skirt over the head kind of situation. <laughs>
0: Oh, and that I started would have been laughing. Quite a picture, wouldn't it? Right,
1: so. it would have been. And I started laughing and the whole audience, we're talking like hundreds upon hundreds of people just started laughing and I'm sitting on the ground. And I said, "Well, that's the worst that could happen, so let's just pick up from there." And the whole place was so with me and I was more relaxed. So we can use those things, which it sounds like you have used and I know from people who have taken your courses, you helped them use that. You helped them unlock that.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, because with each of us, there is that that ability, and it's also about, you know, we mentioned the stories before, it's actually a big part of taking our own personal journeys, and I'm sure that, you know, when you laughed at that, that whole audience just laughed it with you. They were present in that moment and went, oh, this is just fun. You know, they just became, they were continue to be engaged with you in your journey, and when we can use our, experiences in our life to help people I mean it just doesn't get any better than that
1: yeah very 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 true so I've got a question for you because I I think I know the answer to this but I'm not really sure do you have a business superpower
0: I do and this goes back to this total transformation first I'll tell you what what it is and it's and for people that might be wondering, well what's a superpower? I look at it as a superpower when you are in business for yourself as the number one thing that people come to you for. The thing that most people are attracted to your to your work. You know what is the thing that most people hire you for? What's the thing that you also feel rather amazed that you can do that. So my superpower Is actually helping my clients write their content. So it's not just simple kind of, okay, we just write your speech. But we have to, in my work, we have to make that speech engaging. We have to really make it very personal from that person's presentation point of view to really kind of just nail that opening from the moment they start, really make that emotional connection. And I used to never be able to really write much at all. In, in grammar school, I <laughs> didn't really read many books. Actually, all the way through high school, I read one book um, in high school. So I wasn't somebody who was a natural reader or a natural writer or any of that. I even remember in my first job interview when I got out of college, he said, the interview said, well, how are you creative? I said, I'm not creative at all. I don't have a creative bone in my body. And so today, I look at my ability to help my clients write content as definitely a superpower because I'll be driving my car and on my way to an appointment, and all of a sudden I've got their opening. I get like a download, and it goes, this is their opening. I'm like, okay, great, I'm driving. Um, I have to remember this entire opening. So I call myself, or I wait at a stoplight and write it down. And I feel like it um, allows me to kind of tap into universe, God, spirit, whatever you want to call it, angels, and really get that guidance that helps my clients bring their content. So I don't take forward responsibility for it. Hold that thought.
1: I'm on the rose. We have to go to commercial break. We'll be right back. What is the number one thing people come to you for? What do they say about you? Think about that when we come back.
0: Success comes from not only what you know, but also who you know. Welcome back to It's All About the Questions with award-winning author Laura Stewart.
1: We are back with Amanda Rose Igo, speaking goddess, um, friend who um, one of these days we're actually going to meet in person, Amanda Rose, (laughs) considering how close we live to each other. So here's a question for you. Before the break, news break, um, we were talking about Business superpowers, and you had said, what's the number one thing people come to you for and say about you? And you talked about writing content. So if somebody answered the question to themselves during the commercial break and came up with what's their superpower, how does that wrap into speaking? Is, is speaking all stage speaking, or does it apply in other ways?
0: I think it applies in many ways. So for somebody might be thinking speaking is just in front of a live audience, we're speaking right now. If you're even in a one-to-one conversation, you're speaking. So many of the same principles apply. So how does somebody speak their superpower into their presentation? How do they use that? So if you determine that, well, this is the thing that people really come to me for. Okay, so you know that you have a skill set or a knowledge base or an expertise that some people come to you. And if you're brand new, even think about how your friends, your family members, other people that you know, what have they come to you for? And the next thing you want to do in your presentation is tie that superpower into a past experience. So maybe you had gotten a divorce and you discovered your superpower. Maybe you had had a career change and you discovered your superpower. Maybe you had a financial loss and you discovered your superpower. So you want to take some experience in your life, not your entire life, but some experience, a pivotal moment where you had a breakdown in your life that led to some type of breakthrough, that led to you discovering what your superpower is. So for me, you know, I have many stories, so I shared about having, you know, challenges, and there's many, many other challenges when it comes around speaking that I experienced and how that has catapulted me into helping other people. So you want to do the same thing. So I'm going to think of a client example. So one of my clients, she, her, her mom was dying, and on her, death, on her deathbed, her mom said to her, you know, I live my life for everybody else you know i don't want you to do that i want you to live your life for yourself and so now today she helps she coaches people she is following her passion her calling and living her life her own truth and she's helping other people do the exact same thing so you want to take your message your breakdown moment whatever that is share your breakthrough but then she, then you want to tie it into your superpower what are you really good at that's in a real. That is a, a super important part of any presentation that you do. I call it your signature story, and it, it needs to be in every talk, whether it's five minutes or forty-five minutes, or even a two-day workshop, or even a radio interview. Share your breakdown, a breakthrough moment, and how that ties into your superpower.
1: But how do you share that and not make it sound from ego place?
0: So. So, when you say ego, please tell me a little bit more.
1: Well, you don't want to come off as a know-it-all, right? Mm-hmm. And I've had the privilege of speaking on some really big stages and have shared stages with some pretty amazing speakers. And some of them, when you hear them time after time after time, you, I say to myself, much, sh- you know, do they really believe what they're saying? It feels so crafted, like they're just trying to puff themselves up. Mm -hmm. And then you see them do stuff behind the scenes that isn't really matching with their story Mm -hmm. that they're telling. So how Mm -hmm. do you make sure that you're being authentic and that you're sharing from your heart and people don't think you're bragging?
0: So many times you'll see people do this. They'll share where they had that breakdown moment, led to a breakthrough, and now they have a big home and an expensive car and all those things. And I understand the reasoning behind that is because it creates a vision for people what's possible for them. The one thing that I think that really tells whether you're feeling authentic is when you first started sharing that story, did it bring up emotion for you? Did it Did it feel like it was even often uncomfortable to share because it was such a pivotal moment in your life? So you know that's an authentic truth to you. It's a vulnerability. And then to to use that breakthrough as an inspiration, then the part about where, you know, they talk about all the things they have, always, you know, so for somebody else it may not be the things they have. It might be how they make a difference, how many lives have they touched. I un- and I understand the thing part because many people want the thing part. But so if somebody is feeling like when you're presenting that part, if you really feel like you are intimately sharing yourself with your audience, it's in the right place if you feel like it's i'm telling them this because somebody told me i need to do that then it doesn't always really come from a place of authenticity and your audience could feel that so if it feels disjointed disconnected from you doesn't feel like your personal truth when you're speaking then you want to look for another experience or change it in a way so it allows you to intimately be present with that audience at that moment because it is such an important part of any talk
1: that that audience interaction is such an important part.
0: Well, it's the it's an important part of you being authentic, right? So I think what you're so, and you can correct me if, if this is um, the wrong direction. But from what oh, I'm I'll go hearing, with whatever direction you, 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 you go people. in.
1: Hmm? I'll go with whatever direction you go in. It's fine.
0: <laughs> so if you if you from your experience, I think that many people they've told the story over and over again, <laughs> and they've told, and it's all like rah rah. And there's a little bit part of disconnect there. So for us as speakers, you'll know whether your, your ego is talking or your authentic heart is talking because you mentioned ego before. So which is talking? Am I sharing it because, you know, I want to close more business or am I sharing it because I want to let people know where I've been and how they, too, can change their life? So there's, it's a different energy when some people present.
1: Yeah, I've actually seen this one big presenter. I almost feel like there's a guy with a cue card saying, cue crying.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you can almost see him just prepare the tears and then the tears come in. So Mm -hmm. to somebody like that is a good piece of advice to maybe change the story and do something different because maybe they're not connecting to it anymore. They're bored. Yeah,
0: it's quite possible that they've done it so many times, yeah is to change it because we all have a life full of experiences. Oh, my gosh, I've shared so many different stories stories with audiences in the over 12 years that I've been speaking. So just pick something, try something new, try something different in your story if you're, if you're currently out speaking.
1: Okay, we're going to be heading into the news break in, uh, in a little over a minute. What's a good question for my listeners to be thinking about to help them prepare their signature talk?
0: So the one thing that you want to think about is, are you dumping, are you thinking about dumping too much information on your audience? And and I think that's a really good place because this is something that happens all the time. So we'll kind of talk about why it happens and what they can do to change it.
1: Okay. So you don't want to share too much. You want to pick a small subset so you can delve into it, is what you're saying.
0: It is, but it's... There's a a reason behind that people feel this need.
1: Oh, and we're going to get so into that. Yeah. Alright, we are here with Amanda Rose, a speaking goddess, who focuses on heart centered speaking for impact and income. She teaches amazing workshops and helps you get your content and prepare your signature speech. It's such an honor to have her on her show today. Um, public speaking is considered the number one fear for most people, but it doesn't have to be. All you need to do is ask yourself the right questions to enable you to get your message out. We'll be right back with more from It's All About the Questions. Welcome back from the news, everyone. Here's what I love about this show. All the- ahas i get not only on the air but at the at the commercial breaks and news breaks when i'm talking to my guests i'm here with amanda rose i go and we were talking about the conversation just before the news about data dumps and your signature talk and your speech and your messaging shouldn't include everything just a piece of it and i was thinking about everything on my desk and then i realized i just need to pick one thing and start doing it so thank you amanda rose
0: you're welcome all
1: right so let's talk about this concept of data dump that people do um Okay. Go ahead.
0: uh, When I do live talks, it's one of the things I do talk about because people really struggle with this. And the reason, first let me just tell you, the reason that we do the data dump is because it's our desire to give. You know, you want to provide great information for an audience. We want to give them many takeaways. We want to give them so much information that they might say yes to our programs. But it's a desire to serve. It's a desire to give that has a negative side effect. I even hate to say that because I think giving is so important, but here's the negative side effect. is So when we do the data dump in our presentations, meaning that we put so much content into our talk that it ends up with the audience literally spinning. They cannot process all this information. So if you decide, and this is actually true, I was going um, a to, a, con- a potential client had contacted me, and she was doing a 45-minute talk. And she had 15 tips in this talk.
1: That's a lot. Minutes.
0: That's a lot, right? So, and some people would go, I'm going to deliver eight. But even eight tips in a 45 minute talk is too much. And what happens is the audience end up feeling overwhelmed. They can't process the information. And if somebody's looking to create clients from this talk, people don't end up ever hiring them because they felt overwhelmed by the information or they thought they could literally do it on their own without them. So it's something that many business owners and entrepreneurs and even other professionals struggle with because there's a fine line between how, you know, how much is too little content and how much is too much content.
1: Okay, so how do you so know the answer? There's a
0: question, and you're going to love this, <laughs> right. or there's a question that I think that, they, that I always recommend that they ask is when you're creating your presentation content, ask yourself, does the audience need to know this? Does the audience need to know this? And if you're, if you're looking at a piece of content and you ask yourself, you'll know in, right at that moment, wow, well, they really don't need to know that part. Okay, let me take that out. So you end up removing content that was unnecessary and would ultimately impact your results of your presentation.
1: Okay. They may need to know that information but not right now? That's very, yep.
0: I had one of my old coaches And I had to learn this, too, because I was (laughs) over-challenged with the over-delivering, head-spinning, you know, they didn't work with me because they got so much. They thought they could do it on their own. And she would say, her name was Kendall Summerhawk, she would say they don't need to know everything you have to share with them. They don't need to know everything you have to share with them. Because if they want more, they can choose to work with you, they can they can go to see you again they can get other information from you purchase a book whatever it is there's other avenues for them to find that additional information and so it's it's that there's a very fine line there
1: okay so how does somebody if they aren't certain about their own perception their own discernment to be able to say That's not really important. Is that why somebody gets somebody like you and goes to one of your workshops is to help them figure out what needs to be pulled out and put in at the same time?
0: I would say it's true and that going to someone like myself or myself to help you really fine tune your content is important. And there's a reason why is because when it's our own stuff, it's personal it makes it often harder for us to have an objective opinion because it's our stuff. Even for myself, when I've changed my branding message, times in my business, it's much harder for me because it's personal to me. So having somebody that is an expert in content writing and help, can help you craft your talk, can be they can be that objective person for you and pull out what does the audience really need to know versus what they don't need to know.
1: I think of it like the Harry Potter effect with um if anybody's seen the Harry Potter movies, I don't know if you have Amanda Rose or read the books, but how the characters in the photos and the picture frames and the paintings they can step outside their frame and look in. Mm-hmm. So you can't see the picture when you're in the frame. So That's
0: a great analogy. Yep. Yeah. And think about if you, I, I'm sure I know that you've written many books and you've often in their in your book in your book writing you must go, you know, Oh, do they need to know this? <laughs> How much is too much? And it's really important and, and that's why even with book writing you have, you know, publishers and editors and people who give you your thought their thoughts and opinions of things. So, getting that other person's opinion is really important.
1: Oh, I couldn't have written my book without Jocelyn Godfrey and Linda Sterling going, that doesn't need to be here. Expand on that.
0: <laughs> right, there you go. Yeah, cuz they're
1: like, <laughs> I know you know that, but nobody else knows that. <laughs> <laughs> it's really important so, so
0: you brought up a great point so,
1: so somebody might be saying
0: okay well if I take out all these 15 tips that I'm going to share and, and bring it down to maybe 4 or 5 or 3 what do I do instead and you said something is expand so how could you expand that content so how could you develop other parts of that piece without adding other pieces So it's that expansion that's important. So audience engagement, getting the audience involved in your talk, having your audience do things. That allows them to really take in the content on an emotional level. You know, it allows them to really get involved in the talk. And now you've added other things to your talk without adding other data points.
1: I love that. That's that's a beautiful way of talking about it. So I want to shift to the side a little bit with the conversation because we've talked a lot about getting the message out and a lot of stage kind of stuff. I want to narrow it down a little bit because I have a lot of listeners that are entrepreneurs and most of their speaking is one-on-one and a lot of times it's at networking events. Their first initial opportunity to get somebody excited about them to want to continue, like you said, the next conversation to get more info. How does somebody begin to narrow their message, their conversation down to 30 seconds or a minute? Okay. So. And still have it like make it, sense. <laughs>
0: yeah. It, it, and it has to make sense because if you've ever, and I did this once, so I kind of rambled one time and went, I know better. What was I thinking? It was awful. And I know that many people experience that when it comes to networking introductions also known as the elevator pitch, it is a baby speech. It really is. So it has to have an opening, it has to have a middle, and it has to have a closing. So a couple of things that you want to make sure that you do in your networking introduction is and this is a little this is a powerful tool. This is my number one video on on YouTube. It has. Uh, last time I t- looked, it had like seventy-five thousand views. That is not millions, but I'm not a, <laughs> you know, YouTube celebrity. But I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. And so, it's uh, it's yeah, it's definitely leading the way of my in, in front of my other videos. But it's the I am statement. So a big thing that you want to make sure that you do in your video is inst- in your video in your introduction is say I am versus my name is. And the reason that you want to do that is I am comes across as much more powerful, and it, it really allows you when you say it to own who you are versus my name, which comes across as wishy-washy and weak and just not really super effective. So you want to make sure you do that. You want to make sure that you focus on the problems that your, that your potential clients might be experiencing. So you want to talk about where their pain is. Now, you're not going to stay there because I know that we don't like to talk a lot about people's pain because it's uncomfortable, but you want to remind them subtly where their pain is so that you can then be the solution to them. So you want to be that, here's the problem, but here's how I can help you in your networking introduction. And the last thing that I could recommend that you do is really tell them what action step that you want, to do, want them to take. Do you want them to come and see you at the end of the meeting to learn more? I think that's. I think if you're going to a networking meeting, and you're not having to run out. You want people to come. You want to invite people to come and talk with you. If you do mention your website, drop the www because people don't need to say that and say your website twice. But and if I'm actually having to feel like it's important to say the one one other thing, Laura, if you don't mind, is the if if you have an unusual name like I do, Amanda Rose Igo, <laughs> say it slowly and clearly. Because you want them to really take in what your name is. And if you run through it, especially if it's difficult, it can sound a little weird. So if somebody says my name, if I say my name really fast, Amanda Rose, it sounds like I'm on the road. Amanda Rose. (laughs) (laughs) So those are four important things that you want to make sure that you do in your networking introduction.
1: So you can almost use your name and go, Hi, I am Amanda Rose. I go all the way to help you share your message. For I'm imp- to
0: back to childhood. I go, you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So forget what I just said.
0: Yep. But I'll tell you a little quick personal story, if you don't mind. I go is my is my maiden name. I'm married. It's I go hyphen Virus legally. But I go is my maiden name. And I learned uh, as I started my business that I, the re- and the reason that I kept I go was I go where God leads me. So that's kind of how I lived my life. That, that is why that that part of my name is also still important to me because I do follow the steps that are put in front of me. I do follow where my guidance suggests that I go, and that's why it's I grow.
1: And that's why your practice is all about heart-centered speaking mm-hmm. for impact. Okay, so that means that you're attracting clients that also believe in The connection to the heart that they're not just speaking from their brain. How do you help somebody connect to their heart to share their their message for impact and profit? Well, it's
0: more about because when somebody's coming to me that is a heart centered entrepreneur or business owner or business professional, they're coming because. They, they're, they're drawn to that. They want to make a difference in their talk. They want to have an impact on people, on the audience. They're doing it for a, high, a higher reason than just the income part of it. Yes, the income part is nice, but they're, they are really doing it because they feel a calling to do it. So in the content that we're, we're creating, is we are focusing on that heart connection, so how could they, through their signature story, which we talked about, they can make an emotional connection there. How could they even weave their talk and create that emotional connection in their talk? Because it's really about the steps that they're doing, which is the heart-centered part of it. And so it's how they respond to and connect with an audience that's key. Earlier I touched, I touched on it doing experiential, like filling your content with experiences. So this is a big part of the heart center is if you can get an audience to emotionally feel something, emotionally feel it, the information that you just shared with them goes from their head where it's a bunch of data flying around, a bunch of content to their heart. And that's where they're going to emotionally connect. So if you are using doing an inspirational, motivational talk, if you can emotionally connect with that audience, they're going to apply those principles that you shared with them because they got it. It just wasn't a bunch of stuff floating around their head. They really got it.
1: That's a perfect way to go into our last commercial break. Is if, if you're a heart-centered entrepreneur or you're not, how do you connect to what's in your heart? How do you express that? That's what I want you to be thinking about, and we'll be right back with more from the amazing Amanda Rose Igo. This is Laura Stewart, and it's all about the question. Got a question for you, Amanda Rose? <laughs> okay, and I don't know why the music's playing, but we'll we'll just talk over that and not worry about it because you know life happens. It's live radio, everybody. You may think you're listening on the podcast later on, but this was live radio going out across terrestrial radio. Anyway, Amanda Rose, I've got a question for you. I have a friend who just recently went through a situation, and it's it's pretty annoying and crappy, and is it's it got him angry, understandably. Now. I've had situations like that happen just before I go on stage. I now no longer answer my cell phone a half an hour before I go on stage because if I get bad news, it's going to impact how I am on stage. How do you come back and go back into frame of mind to speak when outside life is really weighing on you?
0: And it's interesting because I was thinking about this before you actually asked the question. And because I wanted to add this into the heart part of it, is that when we're speaking, right, we're there for an audience, right? So it doesn't matter what happens around us. It doesn't matter the bad news that we got. It doesn't matter what things happen around us who called us, who said this, who said that, um, technical issues, any of that, because we're there for that audience. So we've got to turn on that speaker energy, that 100% focused on that audience, no matter what is going on externally around us. One of my old um, former coaches I mentioned before, Kendall Summerhawk, her grandmother died the day before a two-day event. She still did her two-day event. And it doesn't matter. And I did, I did my first event when I was sick as a dog. And, you know, sneezing and weaseling because I ran myself into the ground trying to prepare for the event. That was my own fault. But I still had the show how to still go on. And so I think what, you know, what you had mentioned, Laura, about not answering your cell phone, maybe taking some time for yourself, go find a place that you can – quiet and get centered and prepared energetically for yourself before you present. But as always, and they've said this for many years, the show must go on and the audience is always expecting you to bring it no matter what's going on in your life.
1: Does that mean it's not okay to maybe share what may be going on for you if it's relevant to the conversation?
0: It see, it has to be relevant to the conversation. So there was, I was doing a presentation in Miami and the keynote speaker was, had just broken up with her significant other. So she gets up, and she literally dumps on the audience, literally dumps on us. how oh. her significant other broke up with her, didn't expect it happening. It's just a total mess, and heart is broken, and the energy in the room just tanked. And the reason being is she could not find the good in that. She wasn't in a place where she could say, okay, I understand that this happened and I know things are going to move from here. She needed to be in that place. So if you're going to share something with an audience, you've got to be able to express the good in it. So even if uh, somebody just lied to you about a purchase or whatever it is that happened in your life, if you share with an audience, you've got to put some kind of good spin on it because otherwise the audience is going to stay stuck in the negative. So they need you to have the, to put that positive slant on any experience because otherwise they're just going to end up being depressed and unhappy and we're not there for them to do that.
1: Yeah, and then they're not going to come and want to talk to you further or be transformed by you being yeah. there.
0: Yeah, so it's okay. It's perfectly okay to share personal experiences and truths and, and being authentic. It's just being able to say, and this is what I learned from it or this is why I understand that this happened to me.
1: Okay, so we've had a, yep. n- some, a number of people tweeting out um, about the show today. Thank you, everybody, uh, for, for doing that. They also want to know how they get in touch with you, how they can find out more information, resources you have. So please share your contact information.
0: I would love to. You can reach me toll-free at 800 800- 6109056 that's 806109056 you can i have a couple free gifts on my website one of them is my eight high performance speaking tri- tips so that you can double and even triple your results and your revenue which is that's eight high performance speaking tips and you can go to my website at amandarose.com that's a m o not a m a a m o n d a Rose. dot com, and you can also, when you, if you really are saying, man, Amanda Rose really touched me with the things that she said. I'm realizing that some things need to change. I might need some help. I do offer thirty minute complimentary strategy sessions, and if you go to amontarose. dot com forward slash strategy, so amontarose. dot com forward slash strategy, that will take you to the application page. Fill out the questions, and then we'll be in touch with you.
1: I love that you. Ask people to answer questions before the strategy session. It, it. Why do you do it?
0: The reason that I do that is, I it's it's to make sure that that it's good use of my time, but it's also good use of their time. So if somebody said to me that their biggest challenge is that they they stutter, I'm not a stuttering expert. I'm, can I can help them, but I won't be able to really help them in the way that that somebody else could. So I might say, you know, this isn't really the best use of your time, meaning their time. And so I want to make sure that it's a, it's a right fit and that we can really, that, that 30 minutes, because they're going to walk away with a, a three-step plan. I want to make sure that we can accomplish that goal during that time.
1: Well, that makes a lot of sense. I can't tell you how many times I've done strategy calls with people, complimentary ones. And it's like, why did you call me? (laughs) (laughs) Can can we yep. focus you? <laughs> this is not a venting <laughs> session. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Right. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. And I had somebody yesterday who just messaged me and said just to the message, all this says was thirty minute strategy session. Um <laughs> it says all over my website apply. <laughs> so, you know, so she still has to go through that process of filling out that application. And it also, the other thing that it does, Laura, is it helps me laser focus where their challenges are. So instead of me having to ask a bunch of questions in that time, I'll still ask some questions, but it, it helps me go laser focus at where they want the help. Where are they really struggling the most?
1: I, I love that. That's absolutely perfect. What's coming up for you next?
0: For me, I am working on some new video content. There's always a new, I have two books. There's always another book buzzing around in my head. <laughs> so, and then I actually, I do in twice a year, and I'll be doing one in 2017. I just finished one, one which is my big impact in income speaking boot camp. So in the, about 30 days, 90 days prior, we'll start sending information out about that.
1: And your books are on Amazon. You've got uh, pain-free public speaking and share your story. You've written, um, contributed to the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. So um, mm-hmm. go to AmandaRose.com, A-M-O-N-D-A.Rose.com. You can find out lots more information. She's got great free resources. Highly recommend you go out there, check it out. And if you need some help, do AmandaRose.com slash strategy. And don't forget, you got to fill out the questions because the questions are important. <laughs> Thanks for being here with me today, Amanda Rose.
0: Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you so much.
1: I had a lot of fun listening to Amanda Rose and asking her questions. So don't forget that life is in the questions. Success is in the questions because the right questions truly can change your life if you need help learning the questions i have openings in my 100 day mentoring programs where we get you really clear really focused and help you set your strategy and then i also help you find your resources i'm here for you tweet out what's working what's not working at the laura Stewart. thanks for joining us today see you next week have a great day everyone
0: you've been listening to it's all about the questions starring laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.